The world's almost finest would like to give a huge shout out to our friends over at RippedApparel.com. Ripped Apparel is a fantastic website for t-shirt designs and artists and brand new designs every single day. Check out RippedApparel.com and use the promo code WORLDSALMOSTFINEST to receive 10% off of your purchase. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Wait a second, wait a second. Hang on. You know what? Kind of in a old school kind of mood. Let's just rewind this and do it again. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the World's Almost Finest Podcast. My name is Jake, and I am so happy to be back with each and every single one of you right here on the FNX Network. It has been a long time since I've been able to come to you and talk to you guys, and Travis as well. Travis is not with me today because we've got a special episode we're doing right now. I just wanted to give you guys a shout-out and give you a heads-up that, yes, we are still here. Yes, we are still producing episodes, and yes, we are still producing our written reviews, and all kinds of other awesome stuff. It's just gotten really, really hard for myself and Travis to be able to get back together to to sit down and record. Every time we do, something happens. You know, one of us, life finds a way to kick in, <laughs> and we're not able to do what it is that we need to do. But we are still around. We've spent the whole summer representing FNX at Indie PopCon, of course, back in June. And the episode you're going to listen to here today, we were actually representing not only the World's Almost Finest podcast, but we were representing the FNX Network at the 2018 Indiana Toy and Comic Expo in Bloomington, Indiana. Of course, the Toy and Comic Expo, let me see if I can pull up the date here, because it's, it's been a couple of weeks. The Toy and Comic Expo, sorry about that, gotta love it, took place on August 26, 2018. We were there as a part of a special Podcasters Row. Now, this is the first year that they had done Podcasters Row. They invited five shows to come in. Of course, the official ITCE podcast had their own setup there, and they were awesome to deal with. There was us, the world's almost finest. Haha, <laughs> very nice. There was the Nerd Up podcast, the five-ish fangirls, and we had some representatives from Indiana Geeking, and it was absolutely fantastic we talked all about a lot of stuff that you're getting ready to listen to here this was our live panel that we did in the panel room with thousands upon thousands of people sitting out there listening to every single word we had to say so i'm not going to take away any more of your time enjoy this edition of the world's almost finest podcast almost live from the 2018 indiana toy and comic expo Good afternoon, Expo Goers. Just let you know the live podcast is going on now. So if you want to laugh and be amused, go somewhere else with a microphone. Come on down to the auditorium area and listen to a live podcast. That is going on right now, starting at two o'clock. Thank you. And also, food trucks are still serving those food. Thank you, food trucks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll get things started. Uh, you know, uh, welcome everybody listening to the 2018 uh, Indiana Toy Comic Expo uh, Super Podcast. 
you know, the, uh, we're like the Avengers. I was just going to say, you know, the <laughs> Avengers and Infinity War was considered the biggest crossover event, but I, I beg to disagree. I think uh, that I would be Scooby Natural. What's that? Scooby Natural. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hard to be the combination of cartoon uh, cartoon ghost hunters and, and the, the Winchester brothers. So. <laughs> um, I think we'll just go on down the line here, uh, starting all the way to our left. I am Isaac Wilson. I'm with the Nerd Up Podcast. I am Tim Coker, also with the Nerd Up Podcast. And yeah, I'm Gil T. Wilson with the Nerd Up Podcast. I'm uh, Derek Cumberland with the ITCE Podcast. I'm Michael Friend with the Fiverr Fangirl. I'm Jake Johnston with the World's Almost Finest Podcast. And I'm Travis Weir with the World's Almost Finest Podcast. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, well, as far as like topics and things like that, I think a, uh, a good icebreaker topic. Uh, just kind of everybody's thoughts. The state of the DC movie universe. MC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've all talked about this on our own shows many times, but never yeah. as a group. So it'd be kind of interesting to get everybody's perspective. There's kind no of nice competition there. Well, you know, I think the best starter of this conversation is one of, when our, one of our podcasts, uh, Tim Coker, made a very nice comment about how DC tried. And, you know, Tim, what's your feelings on the DC? I think this is the best starter of this conversation. Oh, I, I don't know the specific comment you're referencing, so I, I wish I could come up with that particular pearl of majesty. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the thing about the thing about DC, man, I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, okay, it all goes back to how these things were created, right? Marvel was created to be one universe. Everybody knows each other. They all live in New York, right? Uh, Tony Stark is one island, I guess, whatever. That's where they were, right? Yeah. Anyway, DC, they've all got their own cities, but then, you know, in the 60s, Marvel's eating their lunch. They're like, oh, we got to make these guys more of a shared universe. And so all these characters that were not designed to go together suddenly have to go together. And it's even worse now because now they all have to dress like Batman <laughs> um, because that's the only character that like uh, the DC brain trust likes. Now they like Wonder Woman now too because she's so stupid. But right. Um, so what you're saying is Ted Turner, who bought WCW and ruined wrestling, bought the DC universe. And <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, so, Ted Turner. So basically, what I'm saying is that like Marvel had such a head start on all of this work. And all they have to do is make movies, make superhero movies. I mean, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has to make so many kinds of movies. They have so many different things they have to offer. And I think they're just starting to put people in charge of DC movies that actually care about the comics. Like, I'm not a Jeff Johns fan personally, but I know that he really cares passionately about the comics in a way that David Boyer doesn't and Zack Snyder doesn't. You know, I mean, if you look at Man of Steel, that's a movie made by and for people Whereas, yeah. well, it is, it is, um, you know, and I know a lot of people who like the movie, but coincidentally, almost none of them actually like Superman, you know, so I think that by embracing Wonder Woman and that going really well and trying something that's maybe not quite as depressing, you know, I think that, you know, I think that they maybe saw their way through to something better, and I thought Aquaman was a lot of fun, you know, as, as the sort of, uh, Discount store Thor in the Justice League movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I, think, I think he's going to be fun. I'm actually kind of guardedly looking forward to that movie. The Aquaman. Is anybody else looking forward to the Aquaman movie? Oh, yeah. No? Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. I'm not even looking forward to it for the reason that a lot of women are looking forward to it. <laughs> no. no. Momoa does nothing for me. Out there. Right. Go ahead. Who's looking forward to the Aquaman movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fewer than 50%. I can almost guarantee Aquaman will do halfway decent. Yeah. And I would love to see the box office breakdown after it comes out. Yeah. How many of that were women over a certain age bracket? (laughs) (laughs) At least Jason Momoa's got solid comedy chops, so he should be able to pull some. He's got solid something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the drinking game to happen when you're watching Aquaman, so you can drink every time he goes, yeah. Good point. Well, at least he's speaking English in this one, so. Yeah. I don't know. The Aquaman that I like is the one in the Brave and the Bold cartoon. You guys watch that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Like, if they just put that guy in the movie. I'd watch ten movies of that guy. I'm more into the Aquaman on SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one on Family Guy? <laughs> Honestly, if 
if you use, if you start with the start of the MCU, so you say ten years ago to now, and look at all the movies that Marvel's released, and then you look at DC, anything that's been released as part of the DC properties in the past ten years, honestly, my favorite movie of the DC property, whether it's the DC universe or whatever the heck they're calling it these days, is the Batman Lego movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Can we take a look at the, what's that uh, frontier? What's the Beast of Justice League frontier? Frontier. I mean yeah, frontier. frontier. That right there is a phenomenal animated movie. It's like you're watching it. You don't. After a while, you're like, oh, it's animated. It's like yeah, it's really like watching Darwin Cook come to life. Yeah, wow. it's beautiful stuff. And Marvel needs to do that just once. Just once. I gotta say, the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes series is really solid. Really funny. Well, yeah, animated. that was a decent one. Mm-hmm. Deep cuts and uh, Modoc. Anything that has Modoc like done well. <laughs> the Lego series has been pretty good as far as the the, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few kind of standalone um, that kind of quasi take place in the MCU, or at least they mm-hmm. borrow that world. That, I mean, of course, they're not going to can it, obviously, but they still at least borrow from it. There's there's MCU uh, references and uh, things like that. So so those are, but yeah, but as far as like the movies go, and they're pretty much just whatever. I mean. Spider-Man. Draw. Yeah, they're gonna do a mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah. What well, the movie? That's uh, no, it's there's a, no, there's a, yeah. a like a series oh, along with the yeah, Bell Cameron. The Defenders or whatever. Yeah. Or Secret Warriors or one of those. Is it some Squirrel Girl and? Oh, oh you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Quake's gonna be in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Chloe Bennett is voicing it. Voicing it. So. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's gonna be in Disney though. But no, they're going to wind up on the, D, or the Disney streaming service whenever they get around to launching oh, yeah, it. Yeah. So. Speaking of streaming services, uh, how many people here are going to, uh, regardless of how bad we say the DC movies are, how many of you guys are going to subscribe to the DC Universe streaming? Not going to bother with it. No? Nope. Yeah, not really. There's, honestly, there's nothing that's going to be on there that I already own. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I mean, because even, even though I don't may not like the movies, I, as a collector, as a completionist, I still buy them. Like even though I hate Suicide Squad, I still I still got the Ultimate Edition of that movie. Um, so um, for me, there's really it, it's going to depend on what all they have to offer. If they're just doing movies, like just DC movies as a TV show, if you're a collector of those kinds of things, I really don't see the need for that without some kind of other alternative content. Like if you're getting like ABC programming on top of that, or you know some kind of um, you know, something to go along with other than I guess it wouldn't be ABC, I guess it would be NBC. Right. But, uh, you know, something more to offer than just straight-up DC titles. Maybe it'd be worth it if it was, like, if they had all the old animated Batman series, like Batman Beyond, the Brave and the Bold, and they yeah, also they had Teen Titans, yeah. like the original Teen Titans, and just every single, like, animated DC, like, Like a series. back catalog of everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, one, I'll tell you one thing that's got me on this. It's the, uh, the, the Titans series they're going to be launching. And the two words that make that Titan series look really awesome. Go kids. Uh, there we go. And you told me how to watch my mouth. I was just saying. <laughs> the, those two okay. words Man. coming out of Nightwing's mouth are what made that. Well, he was Robin at the time, remember? He was That's still right. Robin. He wasn't Nightwing yet, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? I think the thing about the DC ad, and, and especially the Titans, so we can. Not just those words coming out of Robin's mouth, but also the fact that you got like talking doves straight out murdering people. Yeah. Just you see her take her wings and just slice some guy. I don't know, she slices his leg or something. But the thing that kind of sounds interesting to me is the fact that they're also doing a new uh, Swamp Thing TV series. I think they said they're gonna yeah. do a new Swamp Thing on there. And that recent announcement came out that Doom Patrol has Brendan Fraser cast in the lead role. <laughs> and they're bringing Brendan Fraser back. Okay, let's try this. <laughs> well, once upon a time, somebody thought Brendan Fraser was a good idea, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, is he going to be, like, actually in the show as an actor? Or is yeah. he a voice for a TV character? From what I heard, is I he think... He's Robot Man. Yeah, he's Robot Man. From what I heard, he's in it. Okay. And uh, whether or not it's, like, half and half practical and uh, CGI or something like that, I don't know. That'd be something that could be interesting. I, 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 if it's just a voice, I think... I mean, it's not like he's a terrible actor. I mean, he's been... In, you know, he's, he's been in some really, really good movies. I mean, he's good when he needs to be. And I always say it like that. All right. And Tino Man and George of the Jungle all the way. Did Nobody see Biodome? I mean, Biodome. Tino Man and George of the Jungle. All right. That's all I got to talk about. But kind of going back to the violence, like with Hawk and Dove, like, do you think that that adds to a movie? Like, say, for instance, one of the complaints with Batman versus Superman is how unabashedly violent Batman was. Like, where he's gunning down people in his 
in his Batmobile, blowing cars up, obviously killing people. Like, there's no way that anybody survived any of that Batmobile destruction. <laughs> and right. Elise did not lose a leg or something. I mean, you, you, you can't blow up a car full of people and not have at least one guy get killed. <laughs> so, I mean, for something like that, is that, do you think that's just their response to, okay, let's make things edgy, and do you think that hurts the character? Well, first thing you take a look at Batman, the things that make Batman. He hates guns because of his parents getting murdered by guns, and uh, he has a cape. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Now, look at uh, Justice League. He's got a gun, no cape. They run Batman just by doing that alone. But, <laughs> but the, the thing is, no, absolutely right on the violence aspect. I mean, violence seems to be the thing that they want to make these Batman movies uh, super ultra violent. And, and, and again, Teen Titans, I kind of joked around you know, with him saying the two words, uh, but that whole trailer is something that you would not, I wouldn't show, well, he would, him, my kid, I would let him see it, but if he's younger, I might not have. So just the trailer, you know, that's how violent, I mean, that, battle with Robin against the bad guys, that's, I mean, uh, but that's the thing, that goes back to DC movies, they want to put too much violence in them, there, I mean, most comic book movies have some sort of violence, heroes fight villains, that's a, that's sure. a given, mm-hmm. but there, don't, there doesn't need to be all the hacking guts and well, gore. I think, I think it's some, it comes down to the character, right. too, whether it's, it makes sense, it whether it makes sense, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Something, you know, talking about the Marvel Netflix series, something like The Punisher, you're going to expect that to be gory and bloody and extremely violent because that is Frank Castle's backstory. That's appropriate to his character. Batman's in that gray area, and then Superman is supposed to be, you know, Mr. Apple Pie. Batman's always been a bone breaker for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, the, the, the second that he starts pulling up fully automatic weapons and right. shooting, you know, anti-tank rounds out of his out of his car, like that, that's it becomes that's a different battle. Exactly. Well, yeah. it it, it kind of goes back to that same argument that he uses in um, Under the Red Hood with the Jason Todd storyline, and Jason Todd's trying to look at Batman, and he's holding the Joker and saying, "You let him live this whole time after what he's done to all these people, after what he's done to me." somebody that you're supposed to have cared for, you let him live this whole time. Why? What is going on in your head? And Batman just basically looks at him and says, I could do all the same stuff that they're doing right back to them. He's basically saying, I can kill these guys with the snap of my fingers. No, you know, don't yeah. bring that back. <laughs> I can kill these guys right now, but if I do that, if I go that far, I might not never come back. Right. You know, right. so I might be just as bad as they are, so I have to stay disciplined. I have to watch myself. That's, that's so correct, and if you make a Batman movie where you see him mowing people down, you know, criminals, like, you know, or, or even just sadistically branding them so that they'll be murdered in prison, you know, which also is murder, you know, and it, it's mm-hmm. even more premeditated that way, like, then the idea that he doesn't kill the Joker becomes ridiculous, because you've seen him kill tons yeah. of guys yeah, yeah, there's, exactly. no, there's no merchandise for. Yeah, he has no problem know. killing Johnny Henchman. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> It's this thing where there are people who are really insecure about comics, and they feel like they need to show this ain't your daddy, Superman, you know, <laughs> and, and you know we have to grow this guy up and have him really make a hard choice and break somebody's neck for a totally stupid, ridiculous reason that doesn't make any sense. And it's because they're afraid to embrace the source material. You know, if, if you look at like like something like Doctor Who when they brought Doctor Who back in 2005, mm-hmm. five, right? There are a lot of things I, I, you know, having been a Doctor Who nerd since 1979, I'm old. Um, you know, it's, it, there were so many things that they, that I'm not into about what they brought back, like what came back with the show when they brought it back. But what I love is it's joyous and it's fun and it's positive. And I feel like, you know, Marvel doesn't have any problem making movies like that, like Ant-Man or whatever. But with DC, there's still this insecurity that like, we have to show how we are. We have to, you know, be grim and serious all the time. And I don't know. That's why I, I think yeah. the perfect example yeah. of that is the first TV series uh, Berlanti verse created, Arrow. Dark, dismal. I mean, this guy was, it was like horrible. 
Mm. Well, then they said the flash. They brought the flash. Flash all of a sudden was fun, colorful, cheery. And look how much the arrow changed after that point mm -hmm. forward. You know, it's like, oh, that's the way they're, they're supposed to be fun. And so I think the TV section got it. I mean, the first run, Arrow, was not so much along the lines of a comic book uh, series. But once Flash came out and they realized, oh, it was supposed to be more fun, then Arrow kind of lightened up and actually became more green. And it, it oh. just really worked out well that way. I mean, it took them a while to get that. If only the movies could move forward with that. Well, at the same time, too, I mean, when Arrow first started, it was much more along the lines of what Chris Nolan had already brought about with the Dark Knight stuff. Yeah. They were trying to go more towards the Chris Nolan style. Yeah. But once again, Marvel, too. Marvel also had a little bit of a touch on that because Marvel was coming out with all this stuff that was showing fun. And they see the Flash is fun, Marvel's fun. Let's try and incorporate different aspects to it. Then you get a <clears throat> season three and four of Arrow, and let's not go into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fisher at all. They, they I admitted to that. I admitted to that too. That's the way it needs to be. 
Yeah. Because she had just died, right? And then you go to see Rogue One, and there is something that looks for all the world like the corpse of a 19-year-old Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah, and Tarkin looks the same way. Oh. It, it, it just feels like there's something that they can't quite get right about being human. Right. It just mm. doesn't translate over. Right. You can get the look. You can get everything you can else, but there's just that right. easily enough in CGI. Right. It's it's a long, long way. spark that's missing. Just yeah. carry it over there. That uncanny valley is just like. It's not there for close-ups yet. They shouldn't be doing close-ups. Like maybe off in the distance, maybe the CG Tarkin could have been one of those little flickering holograph guys, but. All those long close-ups, you just like, uh, not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the ship here is, what was it, the Fast and Furious number, like 712, I don't know, <laughs> where uh, Paul Walker's brother finishes that last scene for yeah. him. Like, you can plainly, like, they tried their best, but they couldn't, they couldn't just quite get it just right. They had to try it in so many different angles that when you see the sun glare off the, the camera, it just totally makes his face look like a hologram. And Mark's, what's wrong with recasting the role? We, as fans, we'll take it. I mean, I mean, the perfect example, Roseanne. Look at what happened with, <laughs> with Becky last. But they recast, nobody said a word. But anyway, no. It worked for Bond. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. definitely for James Bond. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously, fans will accept if you recast. Okay, Carrie Fisher died. Everybody knows that. Put in another actress. Don't CGI it. Don't mess it up. Don't ruin my memories. Yeah, or just don't have her in the movie at all. Oh uh, yeah, that's amazing thing. You can make it, you can, you can have someone like that in the movie, but not have them in the movie. Like yeah. you can make references to them. Oh, Leia sent us on this mission, or oh, Leia right. was doing this and her ship got blown up. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Or her son's evil and her lover died, like she killed herself. I just saved you like four hours sitting in uncomfortable at the movie theater. So move on. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, all right. I don't know. Uh, something about a about a suicidal Leia. Leia really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's hey, nobody thought anything. nobody thought Robin Williams would do it. But What is this, a DC movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, going back to <laughs> what you were saying about just don't have Princess Leia in it, takes me back to why I first said, are you high, when you said, did The Last Jedi kill off Star Wars? Because Disney paid, was it three or four billion dollars for Star Wars, right? They haven't made all that back yet, nor have they made all they want to make from it. So I don't know, the, the toys alone make two billion a year. Uh, that's true. But so I they, have, they probably more than made their, their money back with that, just because they bought that, what, in 
I think people were kind of wore out by movies at that point anyway, because this year alone, even before then, to this, we kicked off the year with Black Panther, mm -hmm. then there was Infinity War pretty much right after that, mm -hmm. and I was thinking there was one in between that and Star Wars, but anyway, yeah, Star Wars almost a month after Infinity War, and it's full, so, you know, you've had, you know, hit after hit after hit after hit, yeah. and then Solo comes, yeah. which is, like I said, that safe movie that, you know, it's like, okay. That's one that I think that a lot of people, it'll have probably poor movie sales, like theater sales, so it will do really well on Blu-ray. Well, kudos yeah. to Disney, though, for bringing Incredibles back when all the superhero. Uh, oh, yeah. Had, like, they only yeah. 14 years to do yeah. it. Yeah. But, I mean, why, why not do it at this most popular time? If, if that's what everybody's into and they're pushing out, you know, I've not seen it yet. Um, I saw Jurassic Park instead. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually well, not being as, as confrontational as it sounds. I'm curious. Um, I personally, I, I liked Jurassic Park only because my kids saw it with me. Yeah. They were terrified of the dinosaurs. <laughs> but the movie, yeah. 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 But, but the reaction from my kids, priceless. Worth it. Yep. Incredibles 2 is really, really, really good. Yes, it is. They, can't, they couldn't overcome what a great surprise the first one was. You know, I just can't go back to that well again, but I was shocked by how good it was. It's full of fun, and I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's just a really good The music's good really movie. good, too. Yeah. It's the same guy that did the music for uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming, so. Yeah. You know who's laying around superhero uh, scores. Speaking of doctors, uh, Doctor Who. Yes. Uh -huh. a comeback. Yes, yes. he is. The rumor going around it, I actually I haven't shared it on social media. I shared it in a private chat on, on Facebook because I don't know exactly where, but there's an image floating around from some, looks like it might be like an Entertainment Weekly magazine or maybe a TV guide or something that says that Doctor Who, at least in the UK, is going to return September 23rd, which is actually Sunday, so it's going to be supposedly moved to Sunday. I've only seen that one image, and I, I have no like source to back that up. So it, it could be doctored. I, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but supposedly we're going to get some sort of announcement from the Doctor Who camp this early this week, possibly. No, as, as far as it's about time. Right, I know.
playing the role of the doctor is very physically demanding. Matt mm -hmm. Smith was the youngest person to ever get the role in the history of the show. So he was, he was a young guy. He was a footballer, so he was, you know, an athlete in good physical shape. And a lot of people don't realize after his second season, he had to have knee surgery. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because running around as the doctor completely destroyed his knees. Even someone as young as him. So a doctor is not an easy role to play. Before, even if you're in good physical shape. Before Matt Smith had the, the role of being the youngest, it was uh, Peter Davidson, wasn't it? Yes. Peter Davidson had it. Uh, I love Peter Davidson. Just going to put it out there. I thought his doctor was fantastic. And, and he actually popped me uh, in an interview I read online. Somebody asked him at a convention. They said, what's the weirdest thing a Doctor Who fan has ever given oh, you? Yes. What's the weirdest thing a fan of Doctor Who has ever given a you in their life? Yeah, and he said, grandchildren. <laughs> because his daughter Mary David did it. So it's like, I, I can understand that's the weirdest thing. <laughs> All right, I got a question for uh, the Doctor Who fans on here. Okay, the big deal, of course, is, oh my God, it's a woman. Are they doing this for a gimmick, do you think? Or is, it, no. or is there some legitimate re uh, reason for this? I think there's a legitimate. Uh, they will find a reason to explain it in-universe. Mm -hmm. They've already been laying the groundwork for it. True. Since who came back. There's been hits and not. Even before Missy, before the mask regenerated mm -hmm. into a woman, and we got Michelle Gomez as my, probably my favorite She's personality thing. 
Um, the companions are almost always female. So now that the doctor is a woman, now we can come, we can start having storylines where they walk into a situation and she's not necessarily gonna be expected to be the authority figure on some technological thing or some species or something or other, because she's probably gonna be looked down on because she's female. It's unfortunate, but yeah. that's, that's probably a storyline that we're gonna see. And I mean, granted right now the, te the TARDIS team is a combination of male and female, but it's two guys and one girl as her companions. So and that's totally gonna change the dynamic too. I'm totally expecting that joke to happen as soon as they announced that it was gonna be a woman taking the role. I'm expecting uh, the Doctor to go to one of the planets that they've been to before and you know they step out of the TARDIS and somebody who knows him walks up to one of the male companions oh, and goes, yeah. oh, change your face again. And then she's the real Doctor standing uh, back there like, uh, uh, no, it's over here. Yes, I see you over there. Doctor, over please help me. Because <laughs> they're not used to see that. Right. If I just have the screen time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think, uh, going back to your question, that it is a little bit, I agree, it is a little bit of both. It is a new direction that they need to go in, and it's a little bit of a gimmick at the same time, because you're also looking at a television series that has been on the air since November of 1963. You are over 50 years right now, and going you've got to, you're going on 55, and you've got to take a breath. You've got to stop, take a breath, and look and say, all right, what possible way can we make this any different than the last time? Can we do something that hasn't been done in all 50 years in the, the one television movie, in all of the TV episodes, in the audio dramas and everything, how can we find the one thing that hasn't been done to this character? And this is what they chose. I'm, I'm pretty interested to see where it goes. I mean, it's pretty much all you can do at this point, as far as given the, all the changes and the old, middle-aged, um, short call. I mean, they, he's literally, literally been everything other than female and not white, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so now that he's she, I should say, female, you know, where do they go from there? Like after this doctor is done, as inevitably all doctors will be, you know, who will, will they kick it off to another, another woman? Do you think? Or I'm still waiting for him to regenerate with no head, like Chris Eccleston said he was going to do. I could have two heads, could have no head. Don't know. It's a bit dodgy, this question. But speaking of the, the TV movie, hmm. Paul McGann, I think of all the doctors. Male or female, I think he's the one that kind of got a raw deal. Because I like, I, yeah. as, as far as Doctor Who goes, I kind of like the movie. I have a, it's very cheesy. It's kind of guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. But it's very good. And then when they did the Day of the Doctor, um, that 50th anniversary, yeah. uh, they had a couple shorts. And they, they brought him back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was only like a, fifth, like a 10, 15 minute video. Yeah. But it was fantastic. Yeah. And it kind of bridged that gap between him and the War Doctor. Yeah. That um, little inside joke at the beginning. I'm a doctor, but probably not the one you're expecting. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> yeah. saw that. But that, was, but that was a great reaction on her part, though, because once she was all about go going with him until he found, she found out that he was in a TARDIS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I'd rather die than spend a minute with you, and that's what she does. Yeah. Um, but I, I always liked him as a doctor. I enjoyed the big, uh, what's it called, the, uh, the, the audio recording. Too, that, that, big finish. Big finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always does great performances. I wish there was just, I wish they could go back and do a series, or maybe it's like a, like a web series with him as the Doctor, just for a few mm -hmm. like like half-hour oh, yeah. episodes. It doesn't have to be a full series or anything, but just, just something, because he's a great actor in his own right, mm -hmm. and for him to only gotten that, that movie, I think, I think uh, maybe for him he deserves more. I yeah. still say he had one of the best TARDIS interiors as well. Absolutely. I love that one from that That's movie. sort of Victorian, For sort real. of, yeah, he had that nice, like, leather chair and stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was great. All of it was very, like, like, it, it, he looked so doctory. Like, he was like, if you fed all the characteristics of what the doctors look in into a computer, it would spit out something like how he looked, right? Right. That's the way the TARDIS looks. You could spend a lot of money on the TARDIS, but it would probably be kind of Victorian. It would have, you know, steampunk angle to it and the library and all, like all of it seemed to like spring from the mind of a fan and like that and and uh and him as the as the doctor 
are so good that they've kept me coming back to that TV movie, even though I feel like the rest of it is 100% flaming hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's so bad. It's so bad that like you honestly want those idiots from Mystery Science Theater 3000 to come along and start talking over it so you don't have to watch it anymore. <laughs> so I, I, I almost wonder if they would have premiered that on the BBC, because that was the point of that was yeah. to hopefully bring that on as an American yeah. conversation. Yeah, the pilot no. yeah. No. So I wonder with I the look and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't know though, but if, if they would have premiered that in, in the UK, for instance, would they have tweaked it any different? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Or would that look have been accepted? Because that was, that was a very European look. Yeah. All the way through from the guitarist, he had his clothes, he had the frills and everything. I mean, very, a very posh, you know, very, very English-y He looks like you know. he walked out of, like, a Charlotte Bronte novel or something. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, we're right. He's like a Byronic, romantic yeah. hero. And they were, you know, trying to go for the heartthrob heart thing. And, you know, they probably did all right with that. Yeah. It was just a stretch. It's not, my, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Aaron Roberts did not do justice to his... Uh, I don't know why the every time I see I'm dressing for the occasion. <laughs> every time I see that movie, I think of Interview with a Vampire with the, the whole posh vampire thing. Yeah. That's, that's every time I get that, I'm like, so I never really cared for the movie in any shape or form. Mix that with apparently the mask is now the T-800. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dark sunglasses, long black yeah. trench coat. The master got, has gone through. Yeah. <laughs> gone through some Too, uh, really quickly, that I will give it credit for is it gave us one of the most hardcore in your face regeneration sequences with Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. I mean, it just steps out of the TARDIS. He's not stepped out for five seconds and he gets riddled with bullets By from a Chinese gang. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. suddenly he's trying to tell him on the surgery table that no, there's two hearts and they're like, no, this is a, a mistake. And they basically kill him mm -hmm. on the table. So that's why he has to. I've never seen one done like that before. That was hardcore to me. Yeah, that's correct. And it's canon, too, which, I mean, usually when we have, like, TV movies or kind of things like this, they don't really, they kind of, like, retcon it out of the way, but even to this day, it's still official canon. Like, that, mm -hmm. that, that happened. Yep. Um, which is <laughs> really crazy, considering they, they pay absolutely no attention to it whatsoever, but uh, as far as anything yeah. else. Part of that is it's a rights issue, because
thoughts for everybody. I've had a blast. I, oh, yeah. The best thing I did today was I went upstairs, I bought Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> you were the most popular person. With that. And I've been so happy to, to share that with everybody. So that's, that's been my, my uh, big, uh, big memory for today. I'll, I'll let you guys take it away. I think you guys have to start with them. Start oh, I think you can start with the panel the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's been great. This is my first uh, non-Chicago convention to go to. I live in Chicago and I go to the ones there because I'm very lazy, man. <laughs> and uh, this has been great. It's been really nice to come down here and, and seeing the crowd, like the fact that it was already down the street and around the corner and everything before it even opened. Like I, For me, it's been the people. It's been really great to meet so many nice people. And this is also my first time behind the table. Like I was Sitting there, you know, us podcasters at Podcaster Alley, uh, we, were, we were right there as people were walking into the building, basically. And the nice thing is to watch people walk in, turn around and look a couple times at all the stuff going on, and then the smile. You know, yes. this yeah. huge yeah. smile. And then it stays on their faces for the rest of the show. It's like, that's what it's about right there. And, Are uh, you sure that wasn't them coming in and then the air conditioning hit That might help too. A little out of column A, a little out of column B, but they, I know it was for me. <laughs> it, was, it was just a remarkable thing, uh, and and of course, you know, the first thing they're greeted with is R two D two stormtroopers. Uh, what Dark Vader? Yeah, I hate when you say that. By the way, go, go by and say five hundred first. Go say, hey, is that Dark Vader? Hello. <laughs> anyway, but no, it's it's fun fun to watch the uh, those smiles come in, and again uh, with Tim and I'm sure you, you guys. Uh, well, for this one, the first time being behind the table. Uh, and actually watching this stuff come in rather than moving around and making it happen. So it's a good, good experience here. I don't have any complaints. This is not my first time tabling at, a, at a, an event by any means, but I've been to the show several times. It's my first time tabling at an event, um, but I don't have any complaints. My, my only issue is my own personal issue is that I'm very tight because I overscheduled myself this weekend. But that's <laughs> not ITC, so that's <laughs> all on me. When it comes down to it, we've had such a great time here at the ITCE. Uh, this is our first time behind the table at this particular event. Um, uh, we were also working uh, PopCon Indy several months ago and got to do some stuff like that. But just being able to be here in this environment, uh, it's like Christmas morning for you because we're all living our own separate lives throughout the years, still loving our chosen fandom, still loving what it is that we we love to geek out over, but when we all get a chance to come together on one weekend or one day or however long it is, it feels like waking up on Christmas morning, running down to the office to gifts under the tree that Santa left because <laughs> you know you can be yourself without any reservations, without anybody judging you, and it's some of the best feeling that you can ever have. Um, you're here. And you get some of the best memories that maybe when you tell them back, people aren't going to understand, but that's okay because you understand. Like, I can tell people that I I was in the middle of a dance party that featured about six Deadpools and ten Spider-Man, and they got no idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay. I can say I walked down the street with a Ghostbuster, and his, <laughs> his proton pack was all lit up and making noise. Anybody else says, well, that's a bit kiddish, isn't it? That's a bit living like a kid or a child. And I go right back to one of my absolute favorite Tom Baker quotes. What's the point of being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes? Well, well see, for me, you know, I'm here, my kids are at home with my wife. No, just kidding. I, I, I can't wait till they're 
see, I'm so much of an adult child, I can't be responsible and look after them, so they have to stay <laughs> home. Because, like he was talking about Christmas morning, I've seen all the toys up there that I wanted for Christmas morning that, yes, we couldn't afford back then when they were $10 at Hills Department Store, and now they're like triple the value, and I ate my life even more. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, it's so fun to come to things like this and to, like Jake said, see people. Like, my favorite thing is to see the cosplayers. Um, and then you see, like, unfortunately, there's times you see where some of them work out really well. Um, like the, the Chewbacca was one of my favorite costumes this holiday, and the Beauty and the Beast couple love their costumes. And then there's there's some cosplayers that are just a little bitter because I saw the Little Mermaid group and I said, Hey, can I get a picture with you guys? Love Disney movies. They said no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Broke my heart, but I moved on. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's just, it's fun, you know, when you have so many different things, like, you know, we, we spoke about Doctor Who, you know, the Marvel movies, uh, we were talking about wrestling at the table earlier, and you just talk, start rambling off something, and you're like, next thing you know, your group goes from two people to like 60 sitting around yeah. talking. And all so those topics, you probably knew about 10% of that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't even know anything about Doctor Who, um, but I might check this out if I get down to it on Netflix, I don't I don't internet either. It used to be like the no, like it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I my Twitter says I live under a rock because it's true. Um, I I don't internet. I, I have Twitter because I get bored at work. Um, and then Jake asked me to be on the podcast, and I was like, Yeah, sure. And next thing you know, then it's like you know I'm the devil's advocate. I guess sitting here when I'm like, I, I think I told everybody this story. We were talking about superheroes, and he said. Uh, He's talking about Green Lantern. I was like, oh, Green Lantern's dumb. He's got a ring. He says everything Green Lantern does. I was like, I told you he was awesome. <laughs> I censored myself because there were kids in here. Because apparently I have to watch what I say because I have a foul mouth. Well, I'm going to give you guys a hard time. I've, I've had fun. <laughs> it's, 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 like you, it's like you said. I read the book. You watch the movie. Yeah. Or I read the spoiler alerts and pretend I was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that. That works, too. <laughs> you got to laugh out there, too. I had a lot of penny shifts when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, on that note, oh, sorry. I got one request to make. At the end of every one of our Nerd Up episodes, we always say, stay nerdy in unison. So can I ask everybody to do that for this? No, I'll, 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 I'll even, what I, what I usually say is, like we say at the end of each and every episode, pause and then stay nerdy. So we can do that, and it never goes, and we're never on the same Jim's really behind most of the time. Jim, before we do that, did we want to go through and like read minds? Because we've got oh, yes. late comers, well, well, people that were here at the beginning and have yes, no please, idea who we are. Good call. Alright, so. I'm good at this. Oh, you're great. Podcasters, self promotion is what we do. I'm Leslie Wilson. You can follow me at EvilBacon88 on Twitter. It's like evil, but with a B. I'm not, I don't really have anything else to plug because my YouTube channel is losing. I, I don't I don't upload content. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim Coker. You can buy my awesome stuff on the Lightbox uh, on Etsy, the Lightbox store, and I'm also on the Nerd Up podcast with this guy here. No one know why all of a sudden you started talking about the Lightbox and what's that sex? Because <laughs> 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 I'm very sexy. Oh, okay. So I'm Guilty Wilson, and uh, uh, Nerd Up podcast, and. Uh, uh, I'm Derek Cumberland uh, with the Indiana 20 Comic Expo podcast. Uh, you can check us out on uh, Facebook, the Indiana 20 Comic, or YTCE podcast, what we call that. We also have the official Indiana 20 Comic Expo page. And of course, you can find us on pretty much any media outlet, iTunes, Stitcher, um, basically any, any uh, audio platform out there. And I'm Rachel. I'm with the Cosmic Fangirls podcast, and you can find links to all of our stuff on website, which is thehydrogenangels.com, and we're everywhere doing everything. We're currently having a giveaway on our on our website, so go enter it. There we go. Uh, my name is Jake Johnson. I'm Travis Square. And we represent the world's almost finest podcast on the FNX Network. You can find us at fnx.network, and of course we've got the table out there with all of our social media stuff, and you can come up, we'll give you a business card, we'd love to talk to all you guys, and see what you think about this event and, and your choice of fandom and 
there's uh, more than just our podcast episodes on the FNX Network. We also do written reviews on modern or classic movies. Uh, I know I'm working on one right now that, and I promised I was going to give a little bit of a, a couple hints at what it is I'm working on because I already stumped somebody at this table for a while when I told them. <laughs> the one I'm working on. You got two of them. I did. I get two of them. So let's yeah. see if anybody else can figure this out. I'm working on a written review right now that's going to be released in October that features Ant-Man teaming with 1960s Blofeld to battle back against the homicidal maniac and Captain Kirk mask to save a baby. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> well, like we say at the end of each and every episode, stay nerdy. Have a good day, everyone.